When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Good afternoon. Welcome to Sports Nothing But Sports for Friday, September 20th, 2019. Brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. I'm telling you, Dr. Mike O'Neill at Today's Dentistry is the best at what he does. He is a great dentist. It's why he's been my dentist for the last quarter century. He wants to be your dentist. Give him a call. 317-849-2933 and tell him that Kent told you to call. All right, let's get to the questions and answers. It's a Friday, so we welcome Harry to the show. Harry, all the way from Chicago, how you doing today? Oh, I couldn't be better, Ganilras. Let's play two, huh? Cubs, Cardinals, the National League Central on the line. You want my Cubs question now, do you? Now let's wait. You, you ask the questions in whatever order you want. All right. Uh, I would guess that that'll be down the line because we need to talk about Colts football first. Am I wrong? Oh, that's exactly right, Ganilras. Let's get cracking with a question about the Indianapolis Colts. Number one, what do the Colts have to do to beat the Falcons on Sunday at Lucas Oil Stadium? Harry, they got to win the battle up front. NFL games are won up front. If the offensive line and defensive lines can both dominate, you got a great chance to win. In fact, you're going to win, and that's what the Colts are going to have to do. The offensive line through two games has been dominant. They protected Jacoby Brissett at a very high level, and when they run the football, they run it exceptionally well. They are close to the lead in the NFL, in team rushing yards. I think they've got to be able to run the ball. And then on the other side of the football, you have got to be able to pressure Matt Ryan. If you give Matt Ryan time, he's going to kill you. He's got great weapons, including Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. Really, really good players. And then you got to remember their tight end, Austin Hooper, who actually leads them in receptions this year. You've got to rush Matt Ryan through his progression and not allow either Julio Jones or Calvin Ridley to get deep. And if they do try to throw deep, make him throw deep without being confident or sure where he's going. And there's Malik Hooker back there to maybe get a couple of picks. That's what I like the Colts doing. If the Colts can get pressure on the defensive side and then offensively, 
if they can keep pressure off Brissett and open holes for Marlon Mack, if he's healthy enough to play, and if not, you got guys like Jordan Wilkins, you've, you've got Naheem Hines, you got guys who can run the football. If you can run the football and keep Matt Ryan from killing you deep, you got a great chance to win this game. I think the Falcons are going to win. I like watching that Matty Ice fling the pigskin, as it were. <laughs> hey, speaking of flinging the pigskin, come here, bring bring yourself a couple of pigskins over here, Dutchie, huh? <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Number two, is it important for Butler to be, we talk about Indiana and the need for them to recruit Indiana well, the state of Indiana. Does Butler have to do the same thing? You know, I'm glad you brought that up because they got a commitment from Jaden Taylor out of Perry Meridian. He's a combo guard. He's 6'3", about 170 pounds. He's going to be a junior this year. This will be his junior season. I think that Butler is at its best when they recruit Indiana exceptionally well. You look at those teams that went to back-to-back national championship games and you see Matt Howard, you see Gordon Hayward in one of those games, Zach Hahn, Andrew Smith, Emerson Campen, Guys from Indiana, when they go to Butler, they play exceptionally well. When Butler recruits Indiana, they have great success. When Indiana recruits Indiana, they have great success. When Purdue recruits Indiana well, they have great success. There is something about Indiana kids. They understand the game at a higher level than others. And I know it's a game of talent, and I know it's a game of length. It's all of this athleticism that you've got to have. I understand that. You know, we talk about 10,000 hours, right? And in Indiana, when when you need 10,000 hours to develop mastery at a task, and I think in Indiana, you get to 10,000 hours a hell of a lot quicker than you do in other places because kids play basketball here 12 months a year. They play constantly. There's no off switch. There's no off season for basketball. You are playing basketball relentlessly when you're a kid who loves basketball in the state of Indiana. You go to other states, the athleticism, You've got better athletes probably in Florida, at least in in terms of of bulk numbers. You've got better athletes in Florida, in Texas, California, but a lot of those kids are playing football and baseball. In Indiana, they're playing basketball first still. And because they're doing that, you've got better athletes who are developing that amount of productivity and, and that amount of experience in playing the game that's really, really important. So when you go back and you look at those two teams at Butler that went to the national championship game, what you see is a hell of a lot of Indiana kids. Matt Howard, they got to put a statue of Matt Howard outside Hinkle Fieldhouse. Zach Hahn, Gordon Hayward, Emerson Campen, uh, Andrew Smith, there are a lot of Indiana kids on those teams. Chase DeGaulle, for goodness sake, a lot of Indiana kids on those teams. And you've got to have Indiana kids to be able to win college basketball championships in the state of Indiana, I think it's terrific for Butler to get really, really good at recruiting Indiana kids. All right, number three. Can Indiana cover 27 and a half points tomorrow versus UConn at Memorial Stadium in Bloomington? By the way, that game is uh, at noon on BTN. <laughs> the Big Ten Network. 
You know, I have no idea. UConn, they got beat by Illinois by eight points. Can Indiana cover 27 and a half? Who the hell knows? I, they just got beat by 41. That's the last time I saw Indiana play was last Saturday. So can they cover against UConn at plus 27 and a half? I have absolutely no idea. I have no idea where to begin to dissect this football game. But I'll tell you this, UConn at plus 1,300, and that means that if you bet 100 bucks on UConn to win straight up, you get 1,400 if, if they win. I, you know what? That's really intriguing to me because Indiana is not a terribly good football team. And plus 1,300, even if UConn sucks, you know what? If not for Logan Justice, the, the kicker, Indiana would have got beat by Ball State. So Indiana can lose to anybody. And if you put 1,400 in front of me and say for 100, I can get that if Indiana loses, that is an intriguing proposition to me. I don't know whether Michael Penix is going to play this week. I knew he wasn't going to play last week. I don't know what's going to happen this week. I don't know what kind of a team this Indiana team is. They beat the living hell out of Eastern Illinois. They could have easily been beaten by Ball State, and they got smoked by Ohio State. What are they going to do against UConn? Your guess is as good as mine. I hope that's not the case, good new Reds, because I have no guess whatsoever. <laughs> oh, touchy. Look, don't get your tongue out of my ear, would you? That tickles. What's the matter with you? This is a public place. We're talking to you live from the Cubby Bear, right kitty corner, from the grand entrance of Wrigley Field, Gallagher Way, Clark out there, the mascot and so forth. All right, number four, does Bill Belichick owe fans answers about Antonio Brown? You know, he walked away from that press conference, didn't want to talk about Antonio. If Bill Belichick doesn't want to answer questions about Antonio Brown, he shouldn't have signed Antonio Brown. Look, the New England Patriots, I know that Bill Belichick is a hero to the Patriots fans out there in in New England, in Boston, in Providence, in Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, all through New England. They love the Patriots and they love Bill Belichick because Bill Belichick wins championships. But I'm telling you that Bill Belichick in his dealings with the media is absolutely repellent. And I think that he's wrongheaded in the way he deals with people. Antonio Brown is a, a, if the accusations are accurate, he's a menace. And if you do business with a menace, you've got to answer for doing business with a menace. That's just the way it works. Do you think that the Pittsburgh Steelers sent Antonio Brown to Oakland for a third and a fifth rounder? Do you think that they did that because they got tired of the way Antonio Brown plays? No, they didn't. He's a repellent individual. His personality is is so ego-driven that he is a very, very difficult time to maintain on a or a, a difficult guy to maintain on a roster. All right, so he goes to the Raiders. The Raiders, they say to hell with this guy. We're all done with this guy. I don't care whether he is the best receiver in the NFL. We're all done. Over. All right. So now he's the problem of the Patriots. Can he play football at the highest possible level as a wide receiver? Yeah, he can. Over the last five, seven years, he's probably the, the best in the game. But at the same time, he's a distraction. He's a knucklehead. And New England has gone from a place who built 
based upon culture to a place that's just trying to cobble together enough talented individuals to make Tom Brady's golden years more productive and win more championships. And I think it's a vapid way to do business. I think it's a Gordon Gecko way to run a football operation, and I don't like it at all. Talent isn't enough. People deserve more than that. They deserve more than talented football players in the end. And what they deserve, they deserve guys. You know what? People at that level, I think that their behavior, they need to provide fans with a level of maturity and a level of behavior where you think, you know what? These guys, you can point to them when you've got kids and say, that's, you know what? That is, that's an adult right there with the bears and Walter Payton, right? Walter Payton was just absolutely a role model in every sense. And I don't need guys to be perfect. I'm not asking everybody to be Walter Payton, but I would like a guy like Antonio Brown to understand that he owes the game. He owes the shield. He owes his employer and he owes fans a better brand of behavior than he's exhibiting or has exhibited over the last few years. I couldn't agree more, Gunnell Reds. All right, number five. I, I don't like these guys just doing whatever the hell they want and saying as long as I'm good to go on Sunday, that's all there is. I think you do owe more to the fans and to the league. Number five, is Kyle Schwarber a short-timer with the Cubs? We all know Joe Madden is likely not to be retained as manager. What about Schwarber? I have spent an inordinate amount of time and energy defending Kyle Schwarber. The guy hits in the 230s, but his on-base percentage is about 100 points higher than that. He is a guy who crushes the baseball when he swings correctly, right? When he gets a hold of a ball, it goes about six miles. It's really fun to watch. He's very productive. He's got 37 home runs. His RBI count is in the 90s. He plays an okay left field. So he doesn't get you beat too often. But last night in a game that the Cubs absolutely had to have, the Cubs are down 4-1. to one. In the bottom of the ninth inning, two guys are on. He runs the count to 3-0. and oh. Schwarber does. And then he swings at ball four. He swings at ball four again to run the count to three, two, and then he makes a non-productive out. You can't have that. You got to be willing to take a walk when you're the tying run. Earlier in the game, he gets caught between third and home on a comebacker to the pitcher with less than two outs. How's that even possible? Fundamental baseball has got to be played if you're going to play winning baseball. And Kyle Schwarber last night, here's another thing. Base hit to left. Guy on second. Schwarber misplays the ball, grabs it, throws to the plate, probably in time to get the runner. Contreras can't handle the throw. What the hell is Schwarber doing? You've got to play fundamentally sound baseball. It's not enough to hit a ball 500 feet 37 times in a season. You've got to play winning baseball, and that is not just about home runs. Kyle Schwarber, I don't think his value is ever going to be higher than it is right now. Yes, I think you deal Kyle Schwarber and you get back what you can because I don't believe that right now he's a winning baseball player. I don't know what the hell's happened to the Cubs. The Cubs, from a base running perspective, are an absolute train wreck. One of the worst base running teams I've ever seen in my life. They have made more outs on the bases than any other team in Major League Baseball this season. In 2015 and 2016, they were a really good base running team, and most of the same guys are here now than were there then. I don't understand it. 
I don't want to hold Joe Madden entirely responsible for it. I think the players have something to do with that, but I do want a change in some of the positions. If you're going to keep a guy like Nick Castellanos, how do you keep Castellanos and also keep Schwarber? Like, uh, I love the way this team was built because it was built around really, really good defense for the last four years. This year, not so much. They made some concessions to defense, and guys aren't staying as healthy as they've been. And you've got Addison Russell, who, who is a, uh, you know what, he's a mediocre baseball player. He's a mediocre second baseman, and it seems to be he's a sub-mediocre uh, human being. And somehow the Cubs, they picked up his option and they have maintained him as an employee throughout this season. And I flat out don't understand it. I think that they become, if they were anything else, I didn't know it, an ends justify the means type operation. And that really bothers me. I know that they've got the marquee network that's coming online next year. And it's important for the Cubs to be really good and to hold on to as many guys with a fan base as possible. They want guys who are tethered to that 2016 World Championship team in order to drive subscription rates for the marquee network. I get that. It's economics. All right. The marquee network is not going to be cheap. So you want people to subscribe and they're not going to subscribe if you've got, you know, the Joey Bag of Donuts out there in left field instead of Kyle Schwarber. Schwarber's important. Bryant's important. Baez is important. Rizzo's important. Uh, Contreras, Wilson, he's important. You got to get some guys who, who can be counted on to go out every fifth day and win baseball games, and the Cubs really hadn't had it this season. But um, Schwarber, I don't think right now in his career, for whatever reason, I don't think he's a winning baseball player, and I think they need to get what they can right now and and move on and start building for the future because I don't think Kyle Schwarber can be a part of it. Not if you want to win. I can do it. Another run for the house on Gundilrath. <laughs> Everybody's giving me the thumbs up. I hope I've got your okie dokie there to use the, the corporate plastic, as it were. Have a great weekend. I'm back the next Friday, I hope, with you. Well, we can only hope, Harry. Thanks very much. And no, do not use, I don't have corporate plastic. I don't know what the hell you're talking, whatever. If you want to buy a round for the house, you buy a round for the house, and that's just fine. Let's talk about what's coming up this weekend. We mentioned the IU-UConn game noon tomorrow at Memorial Stadium. Then Sunday at 1 o'clock, it's the Colts and the Falcons. That game is on uh, CBS if you're not going down to the game. And if you are going down to the game, you're going to enjoy a, uh, a nice wireless digital experience. If you sit in the lower seats, you got the 5G network that Verizon and wireless has put online it is spectacular it's the fastest internet available and so enjoy that it's going to be throughout the entire stadium there will be an upgrade that'll be rolled out over the next few weeks but this week you got verizon wireless their 5g for those who sit in the lower bowl uh, high school football tonight all over the place. Warren Central at Ben Davis, Southport at Chittard, Cathedral at St. X in Cincinnati, Garen Catholic at Columbus North, Franklin Central at Avon, Center Grove at North Central, Brebuff at Culver, Pendleton Heights at New Pal, who 
new pal, man. They are regular season kings. They have not lost in a number of years in the regular season. Ron Colley is at Manuel against Cecina. Uh, you've got Short Ridge at Heritage Christian, LaPellet Ritter, Lawrence North at Carmel, Lawrence Central at Pike. Uh, I hope you have a great weekend. The weather is spectacular today. It might be a little bit hot. Congratulations to the great Kyle Truth Miller and Ellie. They're getting married tomorrow over at Connor Prairie. Of course, we'll be in attendance. Uh, can't wait. We played in Kyle's golf outing today with Mike Miller and Bill Miller and a bunch of Kyle's friends. My son Ryan, of course, was there and had an absolutely spectacular time at Prairie View Golf Club. Thanks to the people at Prairie View for hosting it. Breakfast with Kent, coming Monday morning, 8 o'clock on, uh, on Facebook Live, and then at about 8.15 on Periscope Live. Cannot wait to talk to you then. All brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Join me.